All right, welcome back into the program. 432 with Tom and Ward and Aaron. We're glad you're with us. Again, boots, buckles, and bling to benefit Cinecore coming up September the 17th. Should be a large time had by all. And the uh, guest speaker is going to be Randy Grimes, the former Baylor Bear and Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Randy, thanks so much for your time, and we uh, we appreciate visiting with you today. Hey, man, sick em. <laughs> And greetings from uh, St. Pete Beach. You, are you hanging out on the beach right now? Well, I'm pretty close. My backyard looks at the at the beach, so uh, yeah, technically I am there. All right, let's just dive into this thing. Why is this event important to Randy Grimes? Well, I tell you what, I don't know if you've seen the statistics lately, but 92,000 people died last year as a result of opiate overdoses. I mean, we are in a pandemic within a pandemic. And it is the leading cause of death for people under 50. And Randy Grimes has his own story about um, recovery and everything. You know, I was uh, I was that guy that was willing to do whatever I had to to stay out on the field. And, uh, you know, I remember having that conversation with Leroy Selman when I first got in the locker room in, uh, at one buck place in Tampa after I'd gotten drafted. And the first thing I learned was that football was not a job or, or was not a uh, game anymore. It was now a job. And the second thing I learned was you do whatever you have to stay out on that field. And uh, what that looked like for me was taking handfuls of uh, pain pills every day to, to practice through the injuries and the, uh, the chronic pain that I had because I was not going to let anybody else get out there in my position. I was not going to be that guy who was always on the injury report or always waiting in line to see the doctor or always being worked on by the trainers. I was not going to get that reputation because that was uh, a reputation you were never going to get away from and what was sure to be a short NFL career. So, you know, I suffered in silence, and I took handfuls of pain pills every day, and I looked at it like a necessary evil instead of what it really was, and that was a full-blown addiction. I, I was looking at some statistics. Uh, you appeared in 118 NFL games, 104 starts. You did not miss time, did you? I did not. I did not, and I took a lot of pride in that. And, you know, I worked my way. And, you know, the mentality back in the 80s and early 90s was, you know, we beat the hell out of each other all all week long and then hopefully there was enough left in the uh in the tank to play on sunday you know that was that mentality if you don't practice hard you're not going to play hard and uh you know that that's the way it was and a lot of the injuries and uh the bumps and bruises that we got were 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 during practice you know visiting with randy grimes former baylor bear and, and tampa bay buccaneer randy did i read where you really didn't have a lot of memory of the last couple of seasons in the National Football League? The last two years of my career, that necessary evil that I, I talk about all the time, uh, which was a full-blown addiction, it progressed to the point to where, yeah, I was playing games in complete blackouts. I was taking so much medication before the games that as a starting center, I was coming to the line of scrimmage and calling defenses, getting guys going in the right direction, uh, changing blocking schemes, all the things that a center does um, when he comes up to the line of scrimmage, and, and I didn't remember any of it. You know, I would be home late at night on the couch 
uh, you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night after a 1 o'clock Sunday football game, and I would start coming around a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'd be all beat up and scratched up and bruised up and dehydrated. Everything that you are, fingernails all torn up, everything you are after an NFL football game. And I didn't remember any of it. And, uh, yeah, that was the last couple of years of my career. That's what that addiction progressed to. And um, and, and, and it, it got out of hand. Do, do you worry about today's football player in the, in the same situation? Well, I think that over the last 12 years, the, the advocacy that we've done and that I've done since I got sober back on September 22nd, 2009, I think that we've made a lot of headway with the NFL. I think that we've forced them to be more accountable in the way that they prescribe narcotics. I mean, back when I played, we had an open drug safe. And we could just go get whatever we wanted to out of that safe. And, and if by if by chance it was ever accidentally locked, then we had three white guys that started on defense and their jersey number for the combination to the safe that whole decade that I was in Tampa. So, I mean, there, there was always access to narcotics. Uh, you know, they, they would always hand, hand pills out to you if you needed them. And they did it all off-label. And I think now, if anything, they're more accountable to not only the FDA and the, and the DEA, but also the NFL. And I, I think that we've made headway, but to some degree, it still goes on. I mean, guys are – I always talk about the pressure that front office and coaches put on players to get back out on the field and, and all that, but players put a lot of pressure on themselves to get back out on that field because they don't want to lose their job. They don't want to lose their position. So, um, you know, we have to always be on guard about uh, about that. And to some degree, it's still going on. You, you know the date uh, that you got sober. Did you – did you have to, as some say, hit hit rock bottom before you could get things turned uh, in the right direction for your for your personal life? Oh my gosh! Every every bottom I hit had a trap door in it, and I just went deeper. But it seems like the perfect storm was coming together in the spring and summer of 2009. I had a really good friend that I played next to for many years, named Tom McHale. He was my right guard, and. Uh, one morning he just didn't wake up and he was out there doing the exact same thing I was doing. That was self-medicating the injuries he got while he played in the league. And that really got my attention. I also had a series of, uh, of health scares. I was having seizures as a result of withdrawal from the medication. And, uh, that, that, that was really bad. And, uh, my wife would, I mean, my, my, my daughter wouldn't let me come around my first grandchild because I wouldn't fit to be around her first child and you know that was the perfect storm that was my bottom there in the spring and summer of 2009 that's when I finally put my hand up and asked for help you know it seems like you know we suffer in silence we have that warrior mentality that big boys don't cry and 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 all that and um, you know for whatever reason pride ego guilt shame whatever it was I wouldn't put my hand up and ask for help but I finally did in uh, in September of 2009. Boots, buckles, and bling at uh, the stadium to uh, to support Cinecore. What will be your message on September the 17th? That it's okay to not be okay. 
you know, but it's not okay to not ask for help. You know, we, 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 we are in the middle of a crisis. I'm watching a, uh, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at an entire generation of kids being taken away from us right before our eyes, and we've got to do something to stop it. You know, we've got to educate. We're not, we're not going to, we're not going to arrest our way out of this or legislate our way out of this, but we can educate ourselves out of this. And, you know, I think that the more that we're out there, the more that we recover out loud, the more that, that, that we're out there in front of people talking about that recovery is possible, then that is, you know, that's our way out of this thing. And, and that's our message is that it's okay to not be okay. And I'm just so grateful to Senecor and, and Christine Cohen, who's done so much work trying to get this thing off uh, off the ground. And I, I'm just really looking forward to this event. And uh, being back in Waco, uh, being being around my peeps there in Waco, <laughs> and uh, I'm just looking forward to this, this event. I was going to ask, do you get a chance to get back? Do you get to come back to some games? I do. I do. I get to come back uh, at least to homecoming every year. And uh, it's always great to be back in the stadium, to be on campus. Uh, golly, I just, uh, I'll never forget my, my Baylor days. You know, those were, were four of the greatest years of my life. And, uh, I'm, I'm forever grateful to Coach Taft and, and uh, everything that Baylor gave me. Do you, do you uh, and I want to talk a little football with you here for just a second. Do you uh, do you have uh, is there one season? Is there one game? Is there one play that you went that defines my Baylor career? Oh my God! Well, I tell you what, Mike Singletary broke four helmets in his career, and two of them were on me at Baylor. <laughs> and, uh, so I mean, I always have to go back to that. But of course, the uh, the eighty season when we won it all. You know, and then getting stomped by Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, you know, th- that, that, those are great memories. Uh, you know, the Peach Bowl season, my freshman year in 79, was a great year. But, you know, we had some great games. We had some great coaches, great players. I got to play. Think about all the great players that I played with. Walter Abercrombie, see, Mike Singletary, you know, uh, Van McElroy, uh, Frank Pollard. Uh, The list goes on and on, and we just had such great players that went on to have great careers. And, uh, you know, my my days at Baylor were were just awesome. I met my wife my very first uh, day my freshman year, and we got married after our junior year. So uh, Baylor Baylor has a, a great place in my heart. Hey, Randy, thank you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your sharing. Uh, and uh, we look forward to, to seeing you when you come to town and look forward to maybe seeing you when uh, when you're here for homecoming as well. Hey, I hope so. Remember, September 17th at the Baylor Club. You got it. Randy Grimes, our guest. Appreciate Randy and uh, look forward to, uh, to visiting with you again. And it is.